80% of high school students choose a college based on their friends. Don't let that be your student. This is Cutthroat College Planning, where we tell you everything you need to know about life after high school. This just in, SATs and ACTs are no longer needed to get into college. What? And we're excited. We are. We're very excited. Oh, I wished I had this news when I was a kid. (laughs) Welcome to Cutthroat College Planning. Again, my name is Hector Lopez and this is Kayla Record. We want to bring you a little bit of a different episode today. We're kind of cut right through the middle of our campus tour series and we're going to bring you some news, some headlines. And we're excited. We want to make sure that you know that we are up on top of it. We're on the ball. We are on the ball and we are cutting through the red tape and the new headlines that you need to pay attention to. Yeah. So we've heard... And we've seen and we've read that SATs and ACTs are no longer needed to get into specific schools. Kayla, just tell me your quick thoughts on that. Well, this is a question I have been fielding quite a bit lately um, from school administrators, students, and parents. And it is false. Students are coming to their parents and saying, I don't need to take the SATs and ACTs because they've seen large headlines and large heavy hitting universities such as Harvard and other Ivies saying that they are not requiring SAT, ACTs. However, there is a very large difference between the words require and requested. Mm. And they have little loopholes in there that students are not paying attention to. Most often they just hear the very, very big two second I don't need SAT, ACT. Yeah. Yeah, It's not exactly true, guys. Yeah. It's time to read between the lines here and really get into it. So Yes, it is. When I was in high school, SATs and ACTs were everything. I would go and I would search the schools that I wanted to attend and I would literally look at what their acceptance rate was depending on what their required SAT score was or ACT score was. And I would choose what I thought I would do based on practice tests. And, you know, my parents put me through all the prep and all the things that I had to do. So I was taking tests, I was taking scores, and I was just eliminating colleges based off of the ones I couldn't get into. And it was ridiculous. I think the stress that was put on me and put on other students in my my school was ridiculous when it came to SAT and ACT, which is insane because I I think I, I did really bad. And I didn't oh, even need remember. them. I don't even remember either. <laughs> Interesting. I Some don't people either. do. Some people do. That's true. But nobody else really cares. Yeah. So back then it was really important. Does it? Yeah. Are they still pretty important nowadays? I know you've mentioned requested versus required. Required. So mm-hmm. get into that a little bit. So um, as we know, there's tons and tons of supporting articles and information and tests that have been done, right? There, first off, there is no link between your ACT, SAT score and your level of intelligence. There is no link to say X score results in positive success in life, right? Mm -hmm. It does not bear your outcomes in your life. So when I say, I don't even remember, um, students put such an emphasis in high school on studying for these exams and on their scores. However, I have never been asked on a job interview in 20 plus years, what was my SAT or ACT score? Never been asked. No. It really isn't as important. Now, what colleges and universities are coming out and saying, such as Harvard and a lot of your larger schools, they are all coming together and saying, we are not requiring it. All that means is they are not going to eliminate applicants because they have not taken it. Mm. That's it. Okay. That's all it means. However, there are going to be loopholes. Yeah. That seems 
to sure. beg the question that there are more opportunities for students who don't do well along with don't yes. take the test to get in. Absolutely. But it also seems to be that if you still do take the test, that it looks better on you. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's very interesting. It is. And you're right. So it says a few things, right? As Hector pointed out, those that are not good standardized test takers. Um, I was one of them. I think oh, we're both raising our hand here. I don't even know if I passed my math side. <laughs> now that I think of it. Um, and those that are not good. It gives and opens an opportunity and opens multiple doors, right? For you to be able to apply to schools that you may not have ever even looked or considered. Like Hector, you said you basically self-selected and reduced your options naturally, right? Yeah. So it does level the playing field to that extent just a little bit more. Yep. Um, But like I said, there are loopholes. Yeah. So tell me about test optional and test blind. Mm. Um, What do those mean? I've heard this terminology being thrown around everywhere. Yes. So test optional. What they're telling you is they're not requiring an SAT, ACT score, right? Okay. But it's test optional, meaning you can choose to take your tests. You can choose to submit them and you can choose to have them to be considered with your application. So why on earth would a student willingly want to do this? Well, if you're looking for a competitive program or you're looking to stand out yeah. or you're one in 80,000 applicants, it's going to be beneficial, especially if you do have a good, decent score, yeah. right? Yeah. However, test blind means that they are saying that they are not going to look at the SAT at all. They're not going to look at the ACT or SAT, right? So say, Hector, you and I, we're admission reps right now. We're looking at applications in front of us, okay? Yep. All right, so the test optional. Oh, I see this student has, Hector, I see that you went through and here's your score. Okay, I'm going to slide you over here. I'm not going to use that specific criteria to eliminate you. However, I already saw it. Hmm. So when I see it, it's still in my mind, right? So this is test optional. Uh Uh-huh. But if it's test blind, it would be just completely blacked out or not existent. It's not even on there. Exactly. Okay. So there is no impression at all. It makes no impression on any admissions rep. I see. And it has no weight. Okay. At all. So is this like a little checkbox when you go to submit your um, mm-hmm. application to whatever school? Yes. If if this is part of their procedure, they give you an option to select test optional or test blind. Right. Okay. So does this mean as a student, I'm going to start just selecting only schools that are test blind? Because hmm. that's the easy way out, right? Yeah. No, not really. There's still another loophole to that. Okay. So the second loophole is a college might say it's a test blind, right? Like they're not going to even look at it. It's blinded. They don't know that you did it or not. However, if you are applying to a specific program within that school, they can still require, not request, require the SAT, ACT. Okay. Depending on your program. Exactly. I see. So this doesn't, <laughs> so our news that we started uh-huh. off with by shouting out to the world, I no longer have to take the SAT and ACT is not necessarily the truth. No. Um, it actually makes it more sticky. It does. If you just, if you just kept it required and everyone had to do it all the time, just take it, get really good at it. Everyone mm-hmm. to help you. Uh, now it's like a lot more sticky. It is, which why on earth would admissions and universities want to make it more tricky? Well, because 
it kind of takes away the idea of everyone coming at it from only one angle saying this doesn't determine success, right? Yeah. When they used that originally as one of the primary criteria to wean out heavy loads of applicants. Well, now they've just found clever ways, right? Yeah. They found clever ways to wrap it in pretty different bows. Yeah. And they're still using it. Yeah. They're still using it to wean out applicants. However, they're not directly using it. It's more inadvertent. And there's more loopholes. There's more things students need to pay attention to and read. And by not following the directions that are going to be in the like the small print, basically, mm -hmm. right? Yep. Um, that alone is enough to wean out a student's application. Yeah. I think it's almost saying like, okay, you're saying that um, the SAT and ACT standardized testing is not a reflection of who you are as a student. Absolutely. And everyone it. knows it. Go blind, click mm -hmm. that blind option, and we'll let you we'll let you get in if your application still looks good enough. Yes. Basically. Interesting. Very mm -hmm. interesting. As um, long as you don't want to get into a certain program because again, yes. we're going to need you and we're going to require it if you do. I don't think there's not there's a negative benefit to being a good test taker. I think there are tons of great qualities that come with being able to, you know, understand how to take those tests and do really well with them. Mm -hmm. And we've seen successful people that are really great at that. Absolutely. And there are specific programs that want people with those skills. So it's not as if like you can't be successful in the real world or it's not going to measure your success in the real world if you do good right. on it either. Um, but I just think this, this is very interesting. This is it a is. very interesting situation. Yes, it is. This is a real quick question I have for you. Sure. This is kind of a hot take. Okay. With this move to going away from standardized testing or saying that they're not requiring it, mm -hmm. do you feel as though in the future that they'll even get more lenient with not having these these SATs and ACTs be, be required? I do think so. I think as their enrollments slowly drop, um, colleges and universities, again, as we've mentioned in the past, they're businesses, yeah. right? And when your business and your money or your main funding streams become largely impacted over years and time um, or take big hits, mm. you see the pendulum going from one end all the way back to the other end. Yeah. And eventually it kind of goes from side to side and slows down until it rains, comes into that middle point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it can take years. So I do see it. And I do think that the biggest part of it is if you're a student and you're not a great test taker, you should still take them. Mm. It's about the narrative. It's about the process. It's about what kind of a person are you willing and are you? What type of a learner are you? Mm -hmm. Are you willing to face challenges knowing that it could be setting you up for something that you're not going to do great on? But how did you overcome that diversity? And all of that adversity that you had to overcome, how are you writing that in your narration? Yeah, I'm glad right? I don't have to choose. I know. <laughs> I'm glad just... I don't have to worry about my score anymore. I know, Phew. I know, this is true. We got into it a little bit already, but what are some upsides and downsides to this news? Um, I think real quick, one downside will be the lack of knowledge about these specifics that we're talking about, these loopholes, mm -hmm. these requested, the required, the test blind, the test optional. I think mm -hmm. that's one of the downsides right now is that students see these headlines and they, they go to their parents and they go to their guidance counselor and like, I'm not doing this. It's exactly. another test to study for. It's senior year or junior year. You think I'm doing this? Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. right. So what are some other ones? So some other ones, of course, are maybe you are a really, really great test taker. Um, in high school, I remember sitting next to someone that scored perfect score. 
got an acceptance into every major Ivy League, right? Unfortunately, he also was the same type of a person that did not have any other interactions or any other involvement or mm. was not what you would consider a well-rounded student, okay. right? And so by him going where he did, it took the place of a person that really was well-rounded yeah. or had more experience. I see. So it does kind of change that playing field a little bit. Yeah. Um, it makes it harder for students that are really heavily focused just on passing that test, doing nothing else those four years, yeah. no volunteering, no involvement in their community, no involvement in their school, no leadership roles, right? It also, on the opposite side of that, allows for those that are really much more rounded students that have been more involved, extracurricular activities, to be able to highlight that about themselves because that's going to be the experiences that shape them shape their behaviors and shape how much success they're going to have when they're in the university or in a trade school. Yeah. Okay. So this is, I, I see where you're going with this. So this is going to be a little bit more directional for students. Mm -hmm. So this will help you. And, and it goes back to the point where we made about pro specific programs, right. having these things required. Um, and this is actually really good because it kind of goes along with our cutthroat college planning for preparing for life after high school. If, if, if you're interested in a program, if you're not interested in taking a test, if you are more well-rounded, it begs the question of like, what does my future hold? Yes. Without without having these things be optional for you and it's all mandatory always, mm -hmm. it it's doesn't really matter anymore. But now right. that you have now that you can question yourself and say like, I am I am really interested in in this specific program. I'm gonna work hard and, and and take the SAT and ACT tests. So you, you kind of get to plan that out a little bit better because you have these options that are gonna really narrow you down into a potential life path that you might go down. Yes, they are. So Absolutely. That, that's kind of exciting. I think so too. Yeah, so what does this mean for listeners right now? So let's, let's paint this picture of, we have some parents, we have some students, juniors and seniors. What would you tell them in this moment? And you, you said it a little bit already, take yeah. it anyway. Um, so, yes. Yeah. So students, I'll dress you first. Um, sorry to break your hearts. <laughs> you should take them. Uh, end of story. Like you should take them just in case, even if you are going to take them and like completely be awful and get a bad score. You can say still... in that case, I want to do test blind. Exactly. You get a bad score. Let's do test blind. Exactly. Right. Parents, for you, when your student comes super excited and tells you they don't have to take them. And no, they did not register through their school or anything, right? Um, you need to tell them and you can tell them, you might need to really look into it. And let's talk about what's the programs that you're looking at, what schools you're looking at. And now what is the words below the headline that they're mm -hmm. asking and saying? What does the application process really entail? And understanding that and understanding the narrative to walk your student through that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those are some great takeaways. Um, I'm I'm glad we went through this. I am too. I learned a whole bunch. I, and I'm really interested to see now too, like where are these universities going to go next? I know, me if, too. If Harvard is coming out and a lot of schools base their decisions and, and their application processes off of these Ivy Leagues or... Uh, the trend centers. Yeah, the, yep. yeah, the trend centers. Yeah. Um, I'm interested to see how that goes. And I'm interested to see as you help students through college prep bootcamp, what the process is for those students and what they pick and what they choose. And, and I'm interested for you to learn 
the programs that they're that they that these students you're helping are interested with and seeing which ones are which ones generally require a SAT and ACT and which ones don't and I mean we already talked about a little bit community colleges don't you don't need SATs or ACTs so I went ahead and took all these tests and then I ended up going to a community college like was that worth it for me I mean Maybe exactly, not. Exactly. Right? right. So you making a blanket statement to to people saying take them, take them, plan to take them. Like that's a great idea, but it begs a question: Are you going to go to community college? Like right? all these things. Right. So there's so many variables that come from this news that are that it's not it's not simple. It's it not is a simple not statement of saying you don't need this anymore. So thanks for letting us interrupt you. Yes. Um, in 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 your uh, process, if you're following along that that timeline there of of uh, preparing for the campus tours, I got one more thing before you go. We're going to be switching our webpage over from the current website that it's on to nqrmedia.com. NQR Media hosts a bunch of other podcasts that we would love for you to check out along with um, Cutthroat College Planning. So we're in the process of that. We're a little bit under construction right now. Um, our links do link back to the webpage where it currently is at the moment. Um, but if you're listening to this down the road and we've already made that switch, you don't have to worry about anything. Um, so just so you, so you do know, if you do go check us out on the website, um, things are things are moving. So we're not 100% complete on that. Just giving you a heads up and we will see you in the next one. All right. Thanks, guys. See you in the next one.